G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Oftentimes, when we're in the rough and tumble of life or our marriage, could be our family, could be our career, well, inevitably, we're going to experience some level of hurt and offence. And for every one of us, we have to come to grips with issues around what to hold on to and what to let go, what to forgive in others who hurt us along this journey in our lives. Well, hurts and offences can grow from resentment into bitterness and even into dreadful strains of hatred. And as it happens, the Bible has important wisdom on the value of forgiveness. Let's explore the power of forgiveness today. Paul Ryan, the National Director of LL Ministries in Australia, is joining us. Paul, welcome back to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. It's a pleasure to be part of your program again. Just before we get into the topic here, Paul, just uh, COVID-19, it's had a big effect on LL Ministries too. You've had a bit of a quiet time of recent times and you're planning to refire things up coming up very soon. Yes, uh, courtesy of our on-site courses and uh, the numbers of people we would have had in close proximity, it was uh, only right and appropriate under legislation to close our facility down, which we were happy to do. But of course, that's meant that uh, all of our primary way of teaching and communicating uh, has closed down. We have moved to a lot of online resource. And uh, if I could just jump in quickly and mention that online, our resources can be accessed via uh, store.ll.org.au. But we're looking towards the 1st of August to reopen and begin our on-site courses again and run them in tandem with the online courses. We just have to be sure, of course, that uh, running the on-site courses still meets all the government regulations, but provided they do, we would look forward to hopefully beginning in August, Neil. August is the time some will look forward to and connecting with you, and I'll give that, uh, that store address at the end of our conversation. Let's come back to the power of forgiveness, Paul. Uh, what are the common ways that people struggle to forgive, do you think? Yeah, look, our common uh, four ways that we would see here at Ellen Ministries when people come in for the retreats or for ministry or for help, they'd normally fit into these categories. The first one would be, would you be, believe so many people struggle to actually receive forgiveness for themselves? They really struggle to understand the grace of God through the cross, that the mistakes they've made or the sins they've committed can be forgiven by a holy God. So that's actually the primary one. Secondly, uh, when it comes to the forgiveness of others, this would be the most difficult one. When others have actually hurt us and the feelings of pain and hurt and bitterness and resentment that come with that, uh, dealing with choosing to forgive others is the second uh, primary area. Thirdly, you'd be amazed how many people actually struggle to forgive themselves, Neil, for their past mistakes. So that's the number three area. And the fourth one is when people actually kind of hold God in judgment, where they're wrongly blaming God. They're seeing him as the, the perpetrator of their pain. And uh, it's very hard to go to a holy God for a solution if you're holding him to blame for what's happened in your life. So that, that would be the four key areas, Neil. Uh, 
So this misunderstanding that we'll often have around forgiveness, and when you talk about all these different dimensions, all of a sudden it sounds a whole lot more complicated than someone's hurt me and I've got to forgive because all of a sudden Mm. this idea of self-forgiveness is in the mix and all sorts of things like that. And I guess just getting clear on what forgiveness is is going to be a really important thing if you're struggling with some of these areas that you, where you've been hurt in the past. Yeah, exactly, Neil. I think you've kind of touched on it. Picking up on the point, what exactly is forgiveness is important, but just as essential is trying to understand what forgiveness is not. And so if I was to elaborate on that, firstly, with regards to what forgiveness is, Um, we're looking at areas of, say, um, just forgiveness is being clear about the sinful actions or the wrong behaviours that others have brought upon us, but choosing God's way to deal with it according to the Scriptures instead of taking revenge or living in unforgiveness, bitterness and hatred. And also in that whole area of um, understanding what forgiveness actually is, forgiving someone requires us to be willing to acknowledge what is really going on in our hearts. Because often... When we feel a struggle to forgive someone, our focus is on what they did to us. What it's often not on is what's going on in our hearts and perhaps the way we are sinfully responding to the hurt that's been inflicted upon us. And that's really important to understand. Uh, When it comes to what forgiveness is, it's handing over our right for revenge. And forgiveness is choosing not to judge them, but to offer them a grace, just as Jesus offers to us when he forgives us. And forgiveness is offering that full grace, even if it's not deserved or not asked for by the person that's offended us. And so forgiveness is choosing to put aside the hurt and the pain and choosing to obey God's command to forgive. Because we have to remember, forgiveness is actually a command of God. And so that's what forgiveness is. But it's really important to also acknowledge what forgiveness is not. And let's, let's be honest, straight away, forgiveness is not easy. It's not play that down. It's a very, very difficult process to work through. Forgiveness is not forgetting the event or denying that it ever happened or denying the anger and the injustice or the pain that we feel. All that is crucial to acknowledge and to feel and to express that to a holy God. But forgiveness doesn't mean that the injustice is dismissed or the person is declared not guilty. Forgiveness really doesn't mean that it's not necessary to even confront the person, perhaps in a godly way, with wrong behaviour, so they understand what they've done wrong. Forgiveness, though, for many of us, we have to understand, doesn't mean that that other person owes me. That, that, that can become a real issue for a lot of people. And forgiveness, we must remember finally, is not based on our feelings, but on a decision to be obedient to God, because forgiveness is actually a command that comes out of Scriptures. We see that in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, where it talks out about be forgiving of those who have debts against us. And the parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18, Jesus makes it very clear the consequences of unforgiveness there. So that's really important to understand all that now. It is amazing. And when you put it in the context of this is not a choice, this is a command. And even so strong that, you know, uh, you know, God says, uh, you know, if you don't forgive one another, then maybe I won't forgive you. And so it gets yeah. very important when you decide that you're going to hold on to unforgiveness there, when you know that you need to find a way to give that over. That's where I guess 
a conversation like this around forgiveness helps us have some tips on how to take those first steps so we don't have to hold that unforgiveness. Uh, let's talk through a, a relationship between forgiveness and judging others. What's the connection here? Yeah, that's really important to delineate, Neil. It's amazing how closely connected unforgiveness and judgment actually are. When you look at verses in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, and a very similar passage in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38, it talks about, do not judge or you will be judged. That which you measure to others will be measured back to you. So when we fail to um, forgive, what we need to understand is, we're actually making a choice, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, we're making a choice to keep a person under a condemning judgment in our heart in regards to the way they have treated us or mistreated us. And, and here's, the, 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 I guess, the key point. If we are, in fact, judging them, the Scripture says you will become judged. So what does that mean? In effect, by, again, I guess, breaking one of God's commands, which says do not judge, and in that a condemning judgment of someone, we find ourselves emotionally, even spiritually trapped in a way, feeling very entrapped in the bitterness, entrapped in the, uh, the unforgiveness, entrapped in the resentment that becomes a cycle we remain in. And so when we refuse to forgive, we remain in unforgiveness, which is really probably a more polite term for we're still holding someone else in judgment. And that brings some consequences, according to the Scriptures, Neil. And there's negative circumstances that develop when you're holding on to unforgiveness. And sometimes it's because we're uh, simply negligent and failing to forgive someone or we're actually uh, outright refusing to forgive. But there's negative consequences to that, even health consequences, Paul. Absolutely. Uh, that's well documented in medical circles, uh, what happens in this area, particularly to our emotions, to our mental health, to our well-being. But uh, unforgiveness, bitterness and resentment, they really form an unholy trio that can really mess up a person emotionally. Remember, it's not just the emotional, uh, the emotional distress of the injustice that's being carried out against us that we have to deal with. But then on the back of that, if we continue on in unforgiveness and therefore judgment, we become even more resentful, more deeply bitter towards the person. And that starts to affect not just us now, but everyone around us. We no longer carry this poison um, just in our own hearts. It spills out into all of our connections, all of our relationships. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about when we fail to offer grace to others, it says a bitter root can rise up to defile many. So there are some really negative consequences here, Neil, if we don't make choices to allow God help us on this healing journey of forgiveness. Well, when you put it like that and you say unforgiveness is like poison, let's talk a practical tip or two for someone who is perhaps harboring unforgiveness. They know that they should forgive. It's just too hard to even utter the words. What's a good starting point for someone who knows that they're holding this unforgiveness in their hearts and they just don't know where to begin? Where would you say to start, Paul? Yeah, that's a very good and practical question, Neil. Uh, I think what you're really asking is, how do we forgive when it feels impossible to do so? And so many people come here with the knowledge and the understanding of what the Word of God says, that they're meant to forgive, but they have no idea how to start. And so I think, first of all, what's really important is we need to recognize that forgiveness starts as a decision in our will. Even if in our heart we want to be right with God, 
we still need to make a choice to forgive as a decision of our will. Oftentimes, people are waiting until I feel like forgiving. Well, I don't feel like forgiving them. Well, that's not going to be very helpful in this circumstance because we can still actually choose to forgive despite the temperature of our heart towards another person, simply out of obedience to a holy God. And it would be really helpful at this point if the person understood, often we think we have to do this all on our own, but there is a holy God who wants to help us. There is a Holy Spirit who wants to actually empower us to help us forgive in the same way that Jesus forgives. Remember, Romans 5.8 says that Christ died whilst we were still sinners. So Christ was nailed to a tree just in case you and I, Neil, would choose to ask for forgiveness. He had no guarantees that we would. So Christ knows what it means to suffer a lot of pain on behalf of someone who may not even want to be forgiven. So we need to ask God's supernatural help, the same grace that Christ operated in, is available to us in prayer to be able to forgive another person. And if we ask for that help, we often see God doing something in a person's heart that they could not do by themselves. And forgiveness is usually then a process we also have to remember. I think practically this needs to be brought home just to finalize this point. Even though we might get Holy Spirit's help to get on that process, get that underway, oftentimes people think, well, if I can just declare the words, I choose to forgive them once, it's all said and done with. But if the hurt is very deep, or if there's been serious reoccurrences of the same offence over a lifetime from one person to us, and they've had a lot of changing consequences on our own life, then that's not just going to be an easy, one quick, I forgive kind of prayer that will fix this. It will take a process of continuing to choose to forgive the person over time. Every time we think of them and remember the pain, it's evidence there's still something in our emotional basement that needs to be processed, expressed, and given over to a holy God. And in Isaiah 53, I think it's verse 4, it talks about how, you know, it's describing Jesus, what he will suffer at Calvary by the prophet Isaiah. And it says that he wants to carry our sorrow away. So this process of handing our pain over to a holy God who wants to carry our sorrow and our pain away is a really important process to understand in forgiveness. So we might need to repeat this process every time we feel the pain again until finally our emotional basement is empty. And when we do that, forgiveness can really go deep and do a very complete work in us over time if we'll allow it. And uh, you picked up on the statement from Matthew 18 about you know, how uh, in the part I'm particularly thinking of is where Jesus says we must forgive our brother from the heart. And that's interesting because it links forgiveness to what goes on in our heart. There's an inner world where we carry this hurt, this pain that needs to be processed. And in God's grace, he understands that. So forgiving those who've hurt us prepares us to receive the healing and comfort that only Jesus can offer. It begins by simply choosing to forgive, but full healing and restoration is usually a process over time that has just begun by uttering the words, I choose to forgive. And so it's a process, if that makes sense, Neil. Yeah. Well, forgiveness is a command. There's a precedent set. God has forgiven us through Christ and he commands us to forgive and even in the Lord's prayer there's that element of 
how we mm. forgive those who've trespassed against us and knowing that there is a therapeutic nature to forgiveness, that there's healing in forgiveness. There's no reason why we ought to hold on to our unforgiveness. We can give that up to God and to forgive those who have hurt us. Hey, Paul Ryan, National Director for LL Ministries in Australia. Paul, you mentioned that you've been hibernating a little bit. Uh, some of your courses have been on hold, but you're preparing for a big restart. And uh, I'd like to point listeners to your online store where they can get some detail about the online courses that they can do right now. It's store.ll.org.au. Now, LL is E-L-L-E-L, store.ll.org.au. And Paul, great getting your insights today. Thank you so much for being with us on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.